Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Man, that intro, it just pumps me up every every single time. It makes me looking forward to October. I can't wait. You know, as we head down the stretch here in September, Sam Davis, Pat Amaturo, Michael Calamari behind the glass for this edition of Nosebleeds. And there's a lot going on right now. We have, obviously, the NFL. We're recording this on Thursday. The NFL starts tonight. U.S. Open going on as well. But there's some really good baseball going on right now. Maybe not necessarily in New York, but mm-hmm. baseball as a whole, as we head down the stretch here, is very exciting. We have two close division races, which I never thought I would say. You know, a couple months ago, we saw the Yankees seemingly running away with the division. The Mets even at times looked like they were running away with the division. Now, both divisions are close. Obviously, the NL East a lot closer. But it's going to be a very interesting month of September for both the Yankees and the Mets. Excited to talk about it here with you, Pat. Yeah, very excited as well, Sam Davis. Just want to give a quick shout-out to Nick DeLuca for that intro. Oh, Always yeah. so much fun. Gets me fired up to talk some baseball. But yes, very close. NL East, NL, uh, AL East, they're both very, very tight races. What we're seeing is the Yankees being so dominant earlier in the season, but now it's just it's 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 been a game at a time. Obviously, this Twins series has been pretty good for morale, but it really is really have no idea what's going into October. They now. always like they love playing the Twins. I mean, I was saying I was joking with you earlier. If they played the Twins yeah. 162 times, I feel like they'd beat them every single time. I mean, if they just win. They're five and one against them this season. They just beat them every single night. They have one more game against the Twins, of course, coming up tonight. They won both games of the doubleheader yesterday. So we'll start with the Yankees. Uh, game one, five to four. It started out with, I would say, how a lot of games start out for the New York Yankees. It seems like Aaron Judge is just doing everything on his own. He hits his mm-hmm. home run, 55th homer of the season for him. An unbelievable play- pace, something that we just can't this take for granted. Um, I want to bring in Michael Calmer. I see him poking his head through the glass. No, I, you were bringing me in, so I had to. I, no, I, had I, to... I know, I know. We, we can't go too far into the Yankees talk without bringing you in. So, well, Mike, you first, of all, I first of all, that. I got to ask. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. And listen, you talked about Thursday night football. Yeah. I want to do something maybe that's never been done on Nosebees before. Oh, wow. I mean, can we make a pick for tonight and then we'll get into the baseball talk? I'll, I'd be down to do that. Why don't you start since it's your. Uh... Um, I, the Bills are the favorites. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just the easy picks. So I'll go Bills. <laughs> yeah, there's Super Bowl hangover there. I, I'll go Bills as well. I got Bills in that one. Yeah, Bills. I agree. Yeah, wow, I mean, across the board. No reasoning for it. Just Okay, so that's the football talk. That's why, that's, 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 that's why this is a baseball podcast. All three of us with about two seconds of an answer as to why we have the Bills. But that's all right. We're excited for tonight. But, Mike, I want to get into, of course, the New York Yankees mm-hmm. and Aaron Judge and everything we've seen from him. Before we talk about the team, just quickly on Aaron Judge, I think, you know, obviously what he's doing is absolutely historic. It's so easy. Maybe it is easier for me. I'm not a Yankees fan. It's easy to kind of take for take it for granted because you just assume every single night he's going to hit a home run. It's it, just like, it's, okay, he's going to hit a homer tonight. It's actually insane when you look at what he's done this season. 
I don't know if this team is a playoff team without him. I really think that he's that essential. Throughout that entire drought where the Yankees offense was putting up putrid numbers, I think over a 14-game span, the Yankees lineup hit under 250. Judge was hitting above 300. I think he had nine-plus home runs. This guy has been doing everything when the lineup does nothing, and he's that guy that gets this team back on track, and we've seen that with the Twin Series. The Yankees come back home. They face a team they're very familiar with beating, and Aaron Judge continues to stay as hot, and now the rest of the bats are starting to pick it up. If you look at the Yankee lineups this series against the Twins, they are the worst all season. But the one staple is Aaron Judge. And I think that's just how good he's been this season. Take out the 55 home runs. Take out the 118 RBIs. Take out the batting average. He's making an impact play every single night. And that's why the Yankees are still in first place in the AL East. Yeah, Aaron Judge has done it all. And a lot of times I've seen it you know, multiple times this season, Pat. And I, I just kind of shake my head almost as to why pitchers are even throwing to this guy in certain spots. I mean, you know what you're going to get from him. And also, with the Yankees lineup outside of him, there's really not a whole lot in terms of production, especially in this twin series. Obviously, Donaldson is now out as well. Rizzo's out. You know, uh, Stanton is out. DJ, you know. So this lineup has a lot of AAA guys, a lot of young guys, a lot of guys still trying to get their feet wet in baseball. Why are you even pitching to Aaron Judge at this point? It's insane. I just want to go over this lineup from the first game yesterday. Yeah. So you have Aaron, uh, Cabrera, Oswaldo Cabrera leading off, Judge, Torres. Then you have Ronald Guzman, yep. Miguel Andujar. He had a great game. I'm not going to lie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did not know who Ronald Guzman no, was. No, you shouldn't so know I who he is. He, the game oh, yesterday. my God. He yeah. Yeah. abysmal performance. <laughs> well, I think the worst part was the four strikeouts to start, but then after that, he's in a huge spot. And he's jogging down the line to first. Ducking him from the, he's ducking. Oh yeah, the he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not. I know he's like no one's gonna want to just phone it in like in a huge spot in their first you know game as a Yankee. But like, oh my God, you so gotta frustrating. Do, you gotta give me more effort than that. But thank God, IKF is in that lineup, right, Pat? Uh, I that's what I'm gonna get into a little later, Mike. But yes, IKF was there. Grand Slam the second game. Just saying. And then we had Florial Higashioko. Higashioka and Peraza. So you can see there, this injury bug has really plagued the Yankees now, where you don't have those guys like Rizzo, even Donaldson in some spots, and, and, and DJ LeMay, who's hurt. So it really is tough when you wake up and you see a lineup like this for the game one of a doubleheader. You're, in, you're not in for as fun of a game. Uh, anecdotally, uh, Ryan Gregor, shout out sports manager, we both had class from 4 to 5.15, so we, we, we missed part of the Yankee game. We came back. We didn't single single judge at bat because they intentionally walked him twice. Yep. Yeah, they did walk him And twice. it would have been a third if they went into the 13th inning, which is such a crazy – it's the Barrett Bonds. Well, no, but, you know, that's, why the runner on, that's why the runner on second rule is so stupid. Yeah. Because uh, you're just inviting to walk the best player if they end up leading off or being up second or whatever they end up coming up in that situation. There's literally no reason to ever pitch to him. Yeah, I mean, especially like you guys talked about with this lineup, but – I will say that some of those names that you listed stepped up uh, yeah. for the Yankees in both games. I mean, you had Oswaldo Cabrera, obviously, um, you Walk know, winning off. it in Game One, and then in Game Two, IKF with a huge Grand Slam. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Garrett Cole obviously pitched very well in Game Two, um, and the Yankees beat the Twins again. But you're seeing some of those guys step up, and that's, I guess, what you hope for in this in this kind of time right now, where uh, the Yankees are feeling the pressure from the Tampa Bay Rays. They're certainly feeling that pressure. They're five games up in the American League East. They were 15 and a half games in front. Uh, that's a collapse. Um, is that, that is a collapse. I understand injuries happen. They do happen to every team, but that's definitely uh, some pretty sizable 
playing not very good baseball for for months for the New York Yankees, and it's not a good time to have it because we're getting down the stretch here and into the playoffs where they're going to have to show themselves able to beat a team like Houston in the Mm -hmm. ALCS. And right now, I think most Yankee fans, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you two, um, don't have a ton of confidence that something like that can happen with the, the team, first of all, that's on the field right now, but then even when they're healthy, They've still struggled at times, and that offense outside of Aaron Judge has been pretty lackluster. Yeah, I, I, almost, I, don't, I don't know how Pat feels. I don't even care who's in the lineup at this point. I know the production I'm getting. It's just the fact that Judge needs to be there. And then like the like you need Giancarlo if he's healthy, and you need DJ if he's healthy, those two other guys. After that, it's like we're going to get the same production out of anyone else in the lineup, in my opinion, whether that's IKF, Miguel Andujar, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera. I know Peraza, huge day yesterday, but you know, I, I still am not sold on any of these guys at the bottom of the lineup, and especially come playoff time against elite pitching. So well, they're uh, not me, quite. They're not really the ready. I mean, they're really not no. ready. They're brought into this position, unfortunately. Um, and we saw. I saw something similar with Brett Beatty for the Mets, a guy that's a you know big time prospect, touted and, and you know expected to do big things, but. You know, tri- AAA pitching and big league pitching is completely different. different. The environment's completely different. You're thrust into a pennant race, and you're thrust into, you know, a, m- a month left in the season, or a little bit less than that, heading into the playoffs. Like, that's not even, almost, it's not even a fair situation to put these guys in where mm-hmm. you don't expect too much out of them. Although they are big-time prospects, it's pretty much obvious, as we've seen so far. You know, Peraza, like you said, had a good day, but um, Florial and Cabrera and they're not really ready. They, they don't seem like they're ready at all uh, to be hitters in this in this Yankee lineup. But you know what? The the most important thing is they did step up for the series against the Twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was supposed to be an easy, you know, It was series. a big series because the Rays were playing the Red Sox, and they, you know, beat up on them. And, and the Rays put a ton of pressure on the Yankees, and they still, you know, the Yankees did a— I don't I even think, think it's been the—like, it's just been the Yankees sucking. Like, yeah. have the Rays been—it's not like on the other side and mm-hmm. you go to Queens and the yeah. Mets have been playing, you know, 500-plus baseball— yep. And they really haven't missed a step, you know, a couple bad losses to some weak teams. But it's really just been the Braves who have completely gone on a tear. You know, I think it's just a, it's a very different situation. Yeah. And and you you think about what's the worst uh, pennant lead that's been blown all time? This Yankee would be it's up there. there. Yeah, and you look at there. the the other ones, the 1951 Brooklyn Dodgers. I got it up right here. They led by 13 games after a doubleheader on oh, August I remember 11. watching that one. Yeah, <laughs> Mike did too, actually. And then 1951, I was there at the Polo Grounds <laughs> on October 1st when Bobby Thompson pulled the ball down the line in the 163rd. Was it a 162 games by then? Whatever it was. I, it, it was probably 150 something, right? Because that was like, uh, like no, babe- I think it was. Yeah. I think it might have been. Well, whatever it was, it was an extra regular season game to put them over the top. Okay. But um, needless to say. To put it up against history, like you go all the way back 60, 70 years to find a blown pennant lead or division lead that would match this Yankee one. I mean, like you said, Sam, it's a Yankees team that led by 15 and a half games at some point this season. I don't care when it was, that lead existed. So for them to even be worrying about the Rays and the Rays to be, you know, not far behind is, is very worrisome. Yeah, it's definitely worrisome. I'm looking at like a divisional race um, kind of chart here where it shows, you know, how each team's progressed throughout the season. And the Rays were the Rays were 12 back on August 12th. And since then, they've played, you know, I, I it, like the, on the chart, it's consistent growth for the Rays. They played much better baseball, I will say, than they had for most of the season. But still, I totally agree that for the most part, 
this is the Yankees and, and, and their collapse. Um, you know, I think they do still have some time to figure things out. Um, you know, I think obviously getting guys like Stanton back in that lineup yeah. healthy, I think is incredibly important. It's just important. these injuries that are so, yeah. that, that have been so problematic, really. I mean, this lineup, when DJ's healthy, he's one of the best players in baseball. Stanton Judge, that double threat, it, it really is unmatched. So it, I think when October comes around, we have that full lineup, that healthy lineup. I think that there will be it will be a, a competitive team that really can go all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the Yankees, you know, they have a huge series coming up this weekend against the Rays um, at home. That's a big opportunity for mm-hmm. them to, I think, you know, pace themselves, give themselves some ground, and I think that's going to be a big opportunity for uh, the Yankees coming up this weekend. Sam, are you, are you switching lanes right now? Are you going no, Mets? Or? I, I was going to come to you once more. Okay, because I, I don't even want to talk about the Yankees. You can steal from, the floor I want right to talk here. about the MVP race in the AL. Okay, because mm. it's it's circulating a lot I like on Twitter. That. I like that, and yeah. I know Otani's great, but and I'm not. I don't read too much into analytical stats, even though I think WAR obviously <laughs> oh, we is know a, you good, don't. Yeah. a good uh, measure of how wins above replacement. Obviously, I don't even know how to calculate it, but I just trust the guys in the lab for some reason. <laughs> anyway, the, the season judges having maybe I'm biased because I'm a Yankee fan, but like. I know for a fact that if the Judge wasn't on this team, they're not in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Whereas Otani's team is still not even close, and he does both things. So I understand maybe that's a testament to how good the Yankees are, but this guy has been the forefront of almost every single win they've had this season. He's been a part of every single win they've had this season. At least it's felt that way. And for Otani to win the MVP for a team that's not even close to the playoff picture and Judge to not win the MVP for a team that – is the top of the AL East, had a 15-plus game lead, continued to kill it. His team fell off, but he kept his team in it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's MVP. That's most valuable player. Yeah, And a- that's why he's my MVP. I don't want to hear anyone say that Otani's the MVP because, listen, I know he does both, and I know he's great at both, but you just look at it this season, Judge is the most valuable player in the MLB and the AL. He's about to shatter a record that's been for almost 70 years with the Yankees franchise. That's something that... It, it, Seriously, how can he not be the MVP? He's on pace to have 65 home runs in a season. Although, obviously, yeah, Otani can pitch and hit. As you said, Mike, he's not that much of a. Uh, if he cannot bring the. Uh, if he cannot pull the Angels out of the depths of hell like the uh, Judge can with the Yankees, like <laughs> and, and it really him, proves. He's well, got him. He's got Mike Trout. Okay, okay. I mean, he's got. Okay. A, they made big. They made splashes in the offseason. Okay. He had guys like Syndergaard some add some pitching depth. And listen, I know a lot's out of his control. Madden goes. He's got a new interim manager there. Yeah. But listen, I, I know it's not a well-run organization. They're looking to sell the team. But his team is just not even close to the playoff picture. And I know winning doesn't matter as much when you look at MVP, but it has to matter something. And the fact that Judge is able to do what he's doing and single-handedly win the Yankees games, I mean, come on now. Yeah, I think that um, Judge is your MVP. I agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I will play a little devil's advocate. In the fact that, is it Otani's fault the Angels are terrible? No. No. Not at all. Is what Aaron Judge is doing for the Yankees, obviously Aaron Judge is carrying this Yankees team, no doubt in my mind. But the Yankees are a much better team. Otani is carrying the Angels. He's carrying a to, team to first place. Now, I understand. You take, you take Otani off the Angels, they're just as bad. Like, I, like they, I don't know how yeah, you can they get lo- worse. Yeah, because they find a way to lose every single night, even when he plays worse. really well. And I think it's just, it's unfair for a guy like Otani because 
what it's, he does I, is so unique to the game of baseball mm-hmm. and something that's never been done before that people are already becoming used to it. I just and the, people are already saying he can't win the MVP every year. The award at its because you can make is, the argument that he could win every single year. The award at what the, he's doing. The MVP at its core is an affair award. You're making yeah. a judgment on who's the most valuable player yeah. in each league. It's a tough award to make. If Aaron Judge hits 60 plus home runs and he's the best player on the best team in the AL or at least well, the not, AL East yeah. at the end of the season. Then come on, what are we talking about no, here? I am. Um, you take sixty home runs listen, out of the I'm, Yankees. I'm not saying that Aaron Judge shouldn't win MVP. I, I think he is your MVP with what yes. he's done for this team and carry them and just completely. You know, it'd be, I think it's even more like it's even more noticeable as Aaron Judge's MVP because the Yankees haven't been that great and he's just mm-hmm. continuing to. Yeah, he's carry highlighted. Them. Yeah, yeah, he, and he, I, I think if the Yankees were far and away the best team in baseball. You could still say he's MVP, and you probably would still get the MVP award, but it's even more noticeable when the team and the lineup around him is struggling so much, and he's still finding a way to just carry his team and do everything, you know, in terms of offensive production. Yeah, I do want to, uh, one more thing. I saw something on Twitter where I'm not sure if he was exaggerating or not, but he said something like, Uh "Oh, false source here." (laughs) No, he's verified on Twitter. Matt Williams. He said, "If Judge hits 74 home runs, Otani should win the MVP unanimously." Almost like wow. to make a point, like it doesn't really matter what Judge does, but I just think it's not fair to the guy who plays one side. I know what Otani does is amazing, and it's something we may never see again, but you can't disvalue Judge's value, especially on the defensive side of things. Otani's a DH. Judge has played a gold glove right field, and he's been called upon to play a gold glove center field, which he's done, you know, to, you know, perfection almost. So, Listen, for me, I know Otani pitches great, but Judge gives you a great glove, and he's going to hit 60 homers. Like, All right, well, I, I think we're all in agreement, uh, agreement about Aaron Judge. Yeah, I'm just, I was just MVP. fired up Aaron Judge is good at baseball. I was fired up about it. I was really fired up about it. I was just saying, you know, I was just trying to— Because the MLB an, uh, an hour ago tweeted, who AL, who's your AL MVP? Yeah. And it was like the game, the stats, Judge is hitting 301, 55 well, here's homers, the thing, though, 118 and this, this might be a— well, this is kind of a diss, but I'll say it. The reason Yankee fans, and maybe you guys are included in that, are so excited about the MVP, because that might be the greatest achievement this Yankees team has this season. Mm. Um, All right, that's when I mute my mic. And uh, <laughs> that's my final question before we shift over to the Mets brief, briefly. Can the Yankees beat Houston and go to the World Series? Can they do it? Pat, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. I, I or will think, they do it? I think that— That's a I better think, question. Yes. They can. I'm sorry. Will they do it? That's a better question. I think anything can happen in October. Mm-hmm. I think that it really it comes I know, down to I know Pat. I know Pat feels the same way as I do. <laughs> I know he's floating around it. What? What am I floating around, Mike? You, no. you finish it off. The Yankees. I, I like if you if like you told me I had to make a pick right now and I had to put my as Pat once said my credibility on the line, <laughs> my career on the line. I don't. I just think the Astros are better, and I don't think the Yankees. Will, okay, will do that's it. on record. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Ryan, but. Ryan, Gregware, and all those Yankee fans out there are going to come with. Listen, I listen. To, uh, I'm going to be the first. I think they're going to push them six or seven games. Anything can happen. They can win. I think they have a good There's chance somebody, of winning. And yeah. if you say a good chance is forty percent, I say they have that chance. Okay, forty percent. The that's probability fair. is in Astros' favor. Right. I would say they are the favorites. Pat, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, objectively, it's true. Yeah, I mean, this team right now. I don't know. I gotta see some more. And Yankees they're gonna not even have home field. You think we'll go back to 2017? No one won a game on the road. Yeah, yeah. you know. True. So like that's, that's a huge, huge factor. That's definitely huge. I think the you know to wrap up our Yankees talk here. I think if you see this team from earlier in the year when they're beating everyone, they're winning every single night. Yeah, that team can 
beat Houston. That yeah. team can beat anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that team is the best team in baseball. But then you see this team, and you see a team that's you know losing ground. You see a team that's fight- now all of a sudden f- fighting for their division. Yeah. Um, and I think you know you're seeing a much different Yankee team. Obviously, injuries don't help, but this team right now, no, I, I, I don't I don't think they can beat Houston. But we will see. That's why they play the games. Yeah. Uh, we all right, will guys. See. I'm and signing out. Mike, I'm thanks signing for, out. That's uh, the Yankees Mike. talk. Appreciate Mike, thanks for coming. I'll be on. listening on the Mets. All right, I'll play he's that outro music for you guys g- too. All right, he's gonna can we get a bat swing. He's gonna be uh, like the late. Uh, you want as a transition? Wait, 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 And our perfect <laughs> transition to the New York Mets, beautifully done by Mike Calamari, our Mike. producer. Uh, the Mets are not in a great position either, so uh, we are not no. super cheery um, in Queens either like they are in the Bronx. And New York Mets recently with a huge, I think this conversation would be a lot different uh, if things went differently yesterday. They won you know, two over the Pittsburgh Pirates, winning that series, obviously, with the with the sweep of the doubleheader. They took two out of three after losing the first. The Mets lose three games in a row, and they're tied for first place with the Braves. Um, the sky is falling. Um, Mets fans are talking about a collapse, and I will say this was not a collapse. Um, the Atlanta Braves have mm-hmm. played with their hair on fire. They played unbelievably good baseball, 22-5. and five. Since the beginning of August, when they played the New York Mets in a series at home, a five-game series, the Mets, I think, stretched their lead, I want to say, to five or six and a half games by then. And we've seen it go down now. It's it's at a half game today after they won twice in that doubleheader. And, um, but it's not a collapse. You know, the Mets are no. playing pretty good baseball. They had one bad series against the Nationals, Nationals yeah. and you see things fall apart. Obviously, the Braves uh, have put constant pressure on the Mets all year long. And they've continued to do it here. And I think what this shows is down the stretch in the next couple weeks, this is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be a race. It's been a race really all year long. Not all year long. Since about the middle of June slash into July when the Braves started getting on a serious run and showing to the world and showing to baseball that they're the defending World Series champions. They're a very good team. They're a team that can win the World Series again. Um, And I think you're seeing that. They put constant pressure on the Mets and give the Mets credit for being able to hold them off for so long. But now they've crept up and now they, you know, they tied them yesterday. And then obviously now the Mets with a slight half game lead. It's going to be a battle down the stretch for the Mets. And it's really interesting, too. It's good for baseball, honestly. Just like this, this like new, not newfound, but like this most uh, rivalry between the Mets and the Braves in the NL East. That really wasn't that big of a rivalry in the past. Like now, it's bigger now. It's way bigger now. It's It's way more important now. You see them firing back on Twitter. Yeah, the Braves are trolling the Mets. I think it's a, I think it's a terrible look for the Braves. I, Ah. I really do. You're. You're, you're, you've won the Annalise for five straight years. That's you're the true. defending World Series champion. Act like you've been there before. You're, you're not. Well, actually, you haven't been here before yeah. because you haven't <laughs> been trailing the Mets since you know 2015. But act like you're in a position of like we're better than you. If that's what you're trying to go off of, playing the trumpets when the Mets yeah. lose. <laughs> I, was, and I, I laughed out loud. Contreras having the trumpets as his walk-up song and. You know all this stuff. I mean, you got freaking blooper on Twitter. The the, the Braves mascot just like chirping everybody. It, it's 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 not it's not a great look for this organization. I gotta say. I think. And then you had you, you had a couple weeks ago. You had Strider blaming the Mets and saying it's all luck that they're good. It's all yeah, luck that ridiculous. the offense produces. Um, you know all that stuff. I think it looks. I think it's a bad look on the Braves. I think it shows that they're panicking a little bit because mm-hmm. they realize the Mets are a very good team yeah. and the Mets are being a threat. 
in the NL East as they have been all season. They've been constantly saying, oh, the collapse is coming, the collapse is coming. It hasn't come yet. This Mets team is a good team, and it's going to come down to the wire. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I could definitely see a world where the Braves win the division. I mean, they're right there. But I think the Mets have shown themselves pretty resilient so far this year in, in, in terms of fighting off injury and, and fighting off the Braves, who have been just constantly just right behind them all year long. Yeah, I, I just want to – Mike, I, I, we watch a lot of Mets games together, Mike and I. He likes to say something that the Mets are kind of magical, like they're a little scrappy. So it's really fun to watch a team like yeah. that, you know, stride for success and actually doing pretty well. So I do think that there, it, it might be the year for them to actually go all the way. Again, we, we it, it, there's, it, the New York teams really went from the highest highs to the lowest lows. Yeah. But as you're saying, it really is more the Braves doing better than the Mets, uh, you know, doing bad. Yeah. So the thing is, like, I think that with a pitcher like Diaz, with the lineup that the Mets have, with uh, Jeff O'Neill, it really is. You're able to see that <laughs> that um, that the, the, they can. All the lines will start to align. The stars will start to align, and they will be able to have some success in October. Did you just say Jeff O'Neill? Oh my bad. Sorry. Shout out Will Grant. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, but uh, no, but I think that um, you know the one thing I will say as well is that the Mets schedule, and I know that you know you can make the argument with the Mets schedule because they just lost. A, they just lost the series to the Nationals, so you can't really you know say too much about. Oh, the Mets have a very easy schedule, but they mm-hmm. do. I mean, they—I will say that they do. They play the Miami Marlins this weekend. Then they have a home stand against the Cubs and the Pirates. I mean, that's that's very very easy. Those yeah. are not some great teams. They just took two out of three from the Pirates. They probably you know should have and could have swept them. Um, but I, I think that you know the lineup has definitely struggled a little bit lately. Kind of like we talked about with the Yankees, the Mets lineup has had some struggles. Yeah. That was the big thing that was evident in that three-game losing streak. They've had one other point this year, and it's really uh, you know picking at hairs because they haven't lost over three games all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one other instance where they lost, I think, two in a row or maybe three in a row. Um, you know, it was right after the All Star break, and, and the lineup just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. They were not producing. They were doing nothing. Um, because a lot of this lineup depends on is timely hits. They don't really mm-hmm. depend on the long ball. They don't depend on home runs. It's more about clutch at bats, yeah. clutch hits, you know, putting rallies together, all that kind of stuff. And you weren't seeing that for a couple of days. And you see a much different Mets lineup, a much different Mets team, which is a little concerning. But they did, you know, find a way to turn things around, figure things out last time um, in that mini, you know, couple game losing streak, which I guess you, you, you don't even really call that a losing streak, but losing a couple games in a row. And it looks like they've maybe turned a corner and done that again, you know, with a big 10 nothing outburst from the offense. Yep. And Jacob DeGrom, you know, being Jacob DeGrom, 1.66 ERA this season, goes seven innings and just dominates the Pirates. I mean, that's not even fair. Yeah. Him against the Pirates is not fair. That's not even, like, it, it's not really fair when he pitches against any major league team, much less the Pirates, who are obviously not a very good major league team. Um, but he dominates... Um, and there's a little bit of concern with some injuries. I mean, Max Scherzer's on the IL. He said it's not going to be more than the 10 days. It's very precautionary. You know, he's obviously up there in age, and it's later on in the season, so maybe just a precautionary move there. Um, and you have, you know, Guillaume on the IL. I think the Mets are missing his bat as a guy that puts the ball in play with a high average that can get on base and really help this lineup, which is important for them. But every team's got injuries. You know, every yeah. team's got to deal with that kind of stuff, so you can't really make that as an excuse you know i think the biggest thing for the mets is that they got two huge wins against the pirates they're just going to have to continue taking advantage of these not so good teams and beating these not so good teams night in night out Mm -hmm. you don't really have a lot of room for error the braves win it seems like every night so the mets are going to have um you know 
a constant race, uh, a constant, you know, looking up at the scoreboard every single night as they play their games. Um, but they're going to have to find a way to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. That's what good teams do, and that's what the Mets are going to have to do for the next, you know, two or three weeks if they want to win this division. Braves, you know, they got the Mariners, uh, and then they have the Giants. So. Yeah, so it's a decent schedule. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I think the Mariners could present some trouble for them because the Mariners are a pretty good team. They're a playoff team. The Giants are obviously on the outside looking in, but still a decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Braves, uh, you know. Not necessarily in an easy position, but and then the Phillies right after <clears throat> that, which is going to be a yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, that's a divisional, you know, game. And anytime you know you play within the division, that's not necessarily the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a series in. It's actually I'm looking at a calendar. It's like three weeks from tomorrow. So it's the end of it's the end of the month. Um, yeah. It's the end of September, the 30th to the second, in Atlanta. Uh, three games, the last three games against the Braves. The Mets hold the tiebreaker. Um, against Atlanta, so I think they only have to win one of those. Um, or I could correct me if I'm wrong. It might be two, uh, but I think it's only one of those. Um, if let's say they're, you know, they can they can be tied heading into the end of the regular season, and they're going to win the division based off the tiebreaker. So mm-hmm. they just have to win one of those to get that tiebreaker, which would be big. Um, and that's going to be a huge series. That's I think really. Um, I think it was about a month ago. I was talking to Andrew Galat, who's our other, you know, Mets beat reporter for WFUV, and um, he's kind of more of an optimist. I'm kind of more of a negative yeah. guy with the New York Mets, just because I witnessed the collapse of last season, mm-hmm. and that kind of gives me PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we both came to the agreement that it was like a month ago that series at the end of the year is going to mean something. Mm-hmm. The Mets are not going to clinch the division heading into that series. And, th- and that was when they had a pretty decent lead on Atlanta. Mm. But because of the pressure Atlanta's put on them all season long, especially since June, um, I think that series, you know, I thought it a month ago and I continue to think it. that's going to be very, very important. That's going to be your season. That's going to really decide whether you're going to be playing in the wild card game, which, you know, is obviously a great thing making the playoffs, but it would be huge the New York Mets to win. I mean, they're probably going to win over 100 games. They're on yeah. pace to win over 100. Oh, they should. Um, it would be, I think, very disappointing if they don't win the division and have to play a, a, a best-of-three series in the wild card. I think that's a really tough spot to put any team that's won 100 games because you win so many games and then it comes down to just one you know, quick little series. It would be great to have a bye and put themselves in good position to make a run. Because that's the ultimate goal with this team, like you said, Pat. You know, this team is not – this is a very – you know, I don't want to say magical, but they've had a lot of moments this year where you think of that, where you yeah. think of this team is, you know, different than last year. This team has an opportunity to really make a run um, at the World Series, and they're going to have to run through it, uh, the Dodgers. They're going to have to run through Atlanta, obviously, to win the division. But they do have a good opportunity, and when they're fully healthy – with Scherzer and DeGrom at the top, they have yeah. a good chance, I think, to beat just about anybody. I mean, they have the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. And I think that this whole, like, I see on Twitter, like, a lot of Mets fans thinking this is the apocalypse. It's over. Season's yeah. done. Guys that's, hit slumps. That's this, Mets fans. Yeah, it's that, that's every single time. Fans. It's so yeah. annoying. But, like, it, it's just, like, you got to realize that this team is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had some great trades uh, heading to the deadline. They they Obviously, the pitching's great. They have the best closer in baseball. Yep. It really is tough to. They have all every every asset they have. Yeah, it's they're going they're going to make a push in October any way you look at it. Obviously, the Braves are a threat. The Braves are doing well, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It makes for more fun and interesting baseball when there is just a divisional rivalry that will allow for a great end, uh, end of September uh, series. I think the one argument that 
um, Andrew's made it plenty of times as an optimistic Mets fan, is that um, most Mets, not most Mets fans, some Mets fans are not sitting back and enjoying this season for what it is. Because like you said, this team is very good. It's a good team. This team is very good, and, and when, you know, you're constantly worrying about the Braves behind you, and you're constantly worried about winning the division. You're constantly worried about whatever you know the the Mets collapsing, whatever it may be. You kind of lose track of some of the bigger moments that the Mets have had this season, and there are some really awesome moments yeah. mixed in there this this season. I mean, we've seen you know uh, plenty of amazing moments from Edwin Diaz closing games. The trumpets, the trumpets is great, just absolutely electric atmosphere at City Field all season long. Mm-hmm. Everything they've done, they threw a combined no hitter this year. They've had some huge, you know, comebacks late in games. You know, you had a big comeback against the Cardinals in the ninth inning. Huge comebacks. Um, they've really had an awesome season with great moments. And I think the one thing I will say, uh, you know, to Mets fans and you they're know, the most pessimistic to, fan base is in the to enjoy MLB. it. Is yeah. to enjoy this this race because it is exciting. Although it's stressful, it's stressful for me too. You know, obviously I'm stressed and I'm bought into this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I can you know confidently say that I'm pretty bought into this group. Um, it's stressful to, to look up every night and see the Braves winning a lot and, and, and see that there's not a lot of margin for error. But the Mets have had an unbelievable season and put themselves in a really good spot to win over 100 games, to win the division, and you know to, get, to, to make a run. And, mm-hmm. and I think you know, they certainly have the firepower and the opportunity to beat the Dodgers. I didn't think that was totally true. A couple months ago, until you see him play him, you know, and obviously regular season matchups a little different, mm-hmm. much different, especially with the Dodgers with a huge lead. But the Mets are right there, and when you have, like you said, Degrom and Scherzer at the top, Edwin Diaz at the back end, a pretty good lineup, a deep lineup, you put yourself in a really good spot, and I think the Mets are in that in that spot. But I think that's gonna just about wrap up our our nosebleeds here. Um, Mike Calamari scrambles to the board as he gets ready to play that outro. Like he said, I loved having him on for for that Yankees segment. Sam Davis and Pat Amatoro here with another edition of Nosebleeds, which is a production of WFUV Sports.